Givaldic. So today's daf is daf Ayin Zion, page 77. All right? Now we're going to move back a little because we kind of ran through the end of the Gemara. I want to move back and do proper justice to explaining uh, the psukim that we are reading. Again, we're going through the conversation that uh, Shaul HaMelech had with his officers concerning Dovra HaMelech. So we're going to pick up on the second line. The second line, the word is Va'amasa ben Ish. Va'amasa ben Ish. All right, now we read this through, but we're going to back up. Really did not do this justice. All right. Now keep in mind, today's daf is going to be all about the jerushas and halachos concerning the nations of Ammon and Moab. All right? Interestingly, that's really where our Mashiach is going to come from, from the nations of Ammon and Moab, and Be'ezham will be zeichet to touch on that as well. Um, so here we go. Second line. The Pasuk says, Va'amasa ben Ish. There was Amasa, the son of a man. Okay. Ushmo, and his name was Yisra, was Yisra HaYisraeli. So Amasa, the son of a man, whose name was Yisra HaYisraeli, Asher Ba, who had relations with, meaning he was married to, El Avigail, Avigail Bas Nachash, the daughter of Nachash, which is one of the names of Yishai, David's father. Okay, so let's pause for a moment. You have Amasa, who was the son of a man named Yisra HaYisraeli, who was married to Abigail, the daughter of Yishai. So this guy is going to be Yishai's son-in-law and David HaMelech's brother-in-law. We didn't focus on this yesterday, but there's a very crucial idea. We really didn't focus. Okay, so... Here we go. Amasa, whose father was Yisra, married Abigail, the daughter of Yishai. Here we go. Uksiv says the Gemara, but there's another puzzle that says Yeser HaYishmaeli. Was his name, was he Yeser HaYishmaeli or was he Yisra HaYisraeli? Okay. Is he called a Yisrael or a Yishmael? Omar Rav, Rav says, Malami Shechagar Charbay Ki Omar. He was a Yisrael, but he girded himself. With a sword like a Yishmaeli does. And he said, Anybody does not apply, does not listen to this halacha, I will I will kill him with a sword. So have I accepted uh, uh, it's been transmitted to me the halacha. Um, uh, whoever does not uh, accept this halacha, this is the psak of Shmuel Haramasi's Bezdin. Listen closely, everybody, because if you don't, I'm going to kill you. Only a male member of Amun is not allowed to be Yavai Bekal to marry uh, to the congregation. But a female member of Amun and Mayavis and an Amunis is permitted to marry Kaiso. Now this should bother us. Because over here you have a guy. Yes sir. You know what he does? I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know what he does? He, um, he takes a sword. Whoever doesn't follow this halacha, I'll kill you. Shkayich. You know why Shkayich? Because you yourself need this halacha. 
You have, a, you have an agenda, Chevraman, <laughs> because you come from, you married the daughter of Yishai, Yishai comes from Rose, and if the whole thing would have been allowed, your whole marriage is out the wazoo, yeah, you might as well take it to Kalamazoo, Michigan, get out of here. He picks up a sword and he tells about it, you better listen to my halacha. says, first of all, umimi haman, should we believe him? Any who teaches that nobody else knew, if you come along and say the halacha before you have any connection to the halacha, okay, done, shine in light. We'll listen to you. But if you don't come along with this halacha before it works for your agenda, before you have biases, we should not be listening to yes, sir. So ask the Gemara, what you, what's the Pesach bringing along? Yes, sir, you're the Pesach. You have, an, you have motives over here, or else your wife's out, and your wife's out the window. Right? Says Gemara, I'll tell you why we listen to Yasser. Shiny Hacha, this situation was different to Ha because Shmuel Ube's Dinai Kayam, Shmuel and his Bezdin were still alive. He wasn't saying this is my Psak. He was saying this is Psak, Shmuel and his Bezdin. He was standing up for Halacha. And Shmuel and his Bezdin were still there. You have a problem with what Yasser is saying? You know where you should go? Knock, knock. Hello, Rabbi Shmuel and his Bezdin. Is that really true? Yeah, that's true. So says you know why I bring Makabla from Yasser? Because we can easily, we're not being Makabla from him. We were Makabla from his Bezdin. Now, interestingly, what's coming out with is that let's say Shmuel and his Bezdin would have died already. And now Yasser is coming along and he's the only person that knew the Psaq. We would not listen to him. But now that we can very well clarify for ourselves, so Lamai said it's going to be okay. All right. Now, says the Gemara, fine. That is the halacha. We agree. We accept that a male member of Amin and Mayav cannot marry into Klal Yisrael, but a female member of Amin and Mayav are permitted to marry into Klal Yisrael immediately. Says the Gemara, they can marry in immediately. Rus was allowed to marry into Klal Yisrael immediately. Says the Gemara, Mikol Makim Kasha. Either way, we have a question. Why? So the Gemara is now going back to Ayin Vav Amud Beis, yesterday's daf. Where the Gemara asked, why? The Gemara says, listen, the men cannot marry him. We gave a reason. What's the reason we gave? Because they didn't come out and offer food to Klal Yisrael. Which, if we have time at the end, if you could please remind me at the end of the year, I got a beautiful, beautiful vart from the, from, uh, the, the Dubna Magid. It's a beautiful, fascinating story from Dubna Magid about Mayav not bringing the food to Klal Yisrael. Okay, hopefully we'll have time for that. But be it as it may, the Gemara on, on, on yesterday's daf said, you know, the women also could have gone out and offered us food. They should have brought it to the women. Let the women of Amun and Mayav bring it to the women. So we shouldn't allow them to marry into Klai Yisrael. They, they should be just as accountable and the, as the men. Why taka is the halacha different? Okay, that's mikom makim kasha. Answers the Gemara. Hacha targimai here, meaning in Bavel targimai, they explain, kol kvayda bas melech pnima, fascinating, even for the nations of Amun and their women understood it's not their place to be going out to the battlefield or be going out to, to the desert to Klal Yisrael. The, the covet of a woman is not to be going out. And therefore, um, and therefore, even if they would have come out, even if the, the nations would have come out, the Jewish women wouldn't have come out to receive it. They would have stayed where they are. And therefore, it's Mach 
it wouldn't have made a difference. And hence, the Rambam Marava Amri Vitemer Rabbi Yitzchak Amar Krav Yemre Love Ayes Sar Ishdacha VeGaimer that we we see that Sarah didn't go out. So you see, that's the way of women not uh, not to be going out to receive the food anyway. Maybe the nations knew this. Maybe the women knew it wouldn't be you know uh, even if they would bring to the women of Kal Yisrael. So bottom line is they're not held accountable. Okay, says the Gemara Kitanoi. Our halacha that we just quoted of the men not being allowed to marry in until the 10th generation, but women being allowed to marry immediately is a machlekes tanoim. Amani is we darshan the Torah to mean only a male convert to mamon. He cannot marry. But amaynus could. is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, which is what we've been learning up until now. So where's there a dispute? Here we go. Rabbi Shimon Rabbi Shimon says, Al davarish like kidmu eschem belechem umayim. Because of uh, because they didn't come out and offer us bread and water, the men to go out and offer their bread and water, it's not the derech of the women. So everyone is agreeing with the halacha that women could marry, and the machlekas over here is why. Okay, machlekas over here is why. Um, is it just a straight up drasha? Or is it because of the svara? That the the only reason why they the men can't marry in is because they didn't offer us bread and water. Well, <laughs> the, what about the women? Teretz is according to Reb Shimon, they weren't supposed to offer us bread and water. Wouldn't have been accepted anyway. Hence, that's why they are allowed to marry in. Okay, now the Gemara is going to go through a number of various agadita drushes concerning David Amalek. Here we go. Fascinating, fascinating Gemara, and we're going to touch on Halal. Dorash Rava. Rava gave a drasha. What's the meaning of the Pasuk? It says, Pitachta Yeah? Yeah? What does David HaMelech say? Right? He goes on, eh? I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. Pitachta I am freed from my chains. Servant, son of a maidservant, so I'm free from chains? Think about the words. That's what's Pasach. That's what opens up my chains. What does that mean? Darash Rava. What does Melech mean when he says, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm removed from my chains? The two Maiseirais, the two chains that were upon me, you pisach them, you opened them up. What is that referring to? You know what the chains are? What would have impacted him for being a kosher member of Klal Yisrael? Rus hamayaviyav and nama ha'amaynis. Rus who came from Mayav and nama who came from Amayn. The fact that they were mutter allows the Malchus Beis David to stand. So that's pitach to Now, um, ju- just to add in just a beautiful uh, musr over here, just a, a beautiful message, a life lesson. Why is Avram Melech bringing down these words after Ani Avdecha It doesn't really work. You'd think it's the opposite. A servant, the son of a maidservant, is shackled. So Shkayach, you want to say, oh, it means freed me to be a kosher member of Klal Yisrael. But then why you got to mention it after... Abdecha ben Amasecha, okay, see, Abdecha, David Melech, ben Amasecha, daughter of Rus. But the, the Bali Musr add in another idea, and that is, David Melech was also hinting 
to his deepest desires. And sometimes you can have someone who's in servitude and they keep dreaming about being away from the servitude. That is somebody who has a desire for something else. You have a desire for, call it freedom, for something else. Dabra Malach is saying to Hashem, Ani Avdecha, I am your servant, Ben Amasal, son of your maidservant. Meaning, a servant, son of a maidservant, doesn't even know freedom. He doesn't know. He, he's not interested in anything else. This is my life. It's my life. Now, sometimes it's in a negative way. But David Melech is saying, when it comes to serving Hashem, it's actually, it's actually what frees you from your chains. When a person views their life as, I'm a servant, sorry, I'm a maidservant, Hashem, this is my DNA to serve you. That's all I want. And we're not always looking for other lusts and other desires and other things to be running out for. That is the ultimate freedom. That is pitachta l'mayseirei. That is how uh, how a uh, yid is ultimately released from the chains of the yitzhar. When we view ourselves like it's just our kishkas, This is just my DNA. This is who I am, and all, all, all I yearn for is dveikus. Is a connection to Hakadosh Baruch Darash Rabbi Rabbi gave a drasha. What's the meaning of the pasuk that David wrote when he when he said, "Rabbi, sasisato Hashem aleikai, much you have done to me, Hashem, I got." Nifla you're incredible Niflois, your pellas, your wonders, Umachshubaisecha and your thoughts, Elainu are on us. Elainu doesn't mean on me, Elainu for us. What does that mean? Malami Choy Rachavam Yeshi Bikha Shall David. Rachavam was sitting on David's lap. Omar Lai and David says, Alive Allah Nemrushtemakrois Halalu about me and you, these Psukim were said. Okay? David composed these verses with his anical. With his grandson uh, Rechavam sitting on his lap, Darash Rav Rav gave another drasha. What's the meaning of the pasuk in Tehillim, where David Melech says, "Azamarti." Then I say, "Hine Bosi be Megillah Sefer." Behold, I come with the Megillah Sefer, Kosov Alai, that was written on me. Omar David, David is saying, "Ani Amarti Atabasi." I said, "Atabasi." I said, "I have come now." Okay, meaning when when uh, as Rashi explains over here. When Shmuel came to tell David HaMelech that he's going to be appointed, he thought that it was only as of that moment that there was anything special happening. I didn't know that, that there already was a hint to me becoming king in the Torah. I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. Why? Hosam Ksiv Hanim Tsois in Bereshis, Hakadish Baruch who sent the Malachim to Stimon Amira to go ahead and save Light. And Light left, and, uh, and the, the, um, the uh, daughters didn't want to follow him out. So they told him, the, the, the Malachim told Light, take your wife and your other children, Hanim Tsois, that are found with you. Okay, and here in Tehillim it says, I found David HaMelech who I have anointed. So the same word, Nimtzes, is found by Avram Avinu, it's found over here by David. David says, I already see that there was some sort of, of hint that's taking place. Why? David HaMelech is going back to even earlier generation. You know, we're talking about Rus, who comes from Moav. But remember, where, what does the name Moav even mean? Moav. 
from the relations of Light and his daughters. So when the Malachim grabbed Lot and his unmarried daughters and slept them out of Sodom, Hanim Tzos, his daughters that were found, and slept them out of Sodom, that action was the source of David HaMelech ultimately becoming Malchus based David and building that dynasty. Omar Ula, Omar Bechen, Ula says, Omar Bechen, Bas Gera, Mainik, Shera, Lekahuna. Omar Ula, Omar Bechen, Bas Gera, Mainik, Shera, Lekahuna. The daughter, this, this is fascinating, the daughter of a Ger Amaini is kosher for Kahuna. She's permitted to marry a Kayin. Okay? Now, right now we're assuming this means if you have a, uh, if you have a, a man and woman who both convert from Amain or Moab. Here it's talking about Amain, okay? And then they have a daughter. That daughter can marry a Kayin. Okay? Because she's an Amainess. And is she a Giyairess? No. Her parents converted. She was born to Jewish parents. Okay, So she has Jewish parents. She's an Amainess. She should be allowed to a Kohen. Okay. Amalei Rava Bar Ula Ula. So Rava Bar Ula said to Ula, who just made the statement, Kima, who, who, who's this following? The daughter of a ger zachar is forbidden like the daughter of a male cholo who you're usher to marry. So you'd not be allowed. And if it's like Rabbi Yaisi, pshita, of course you can marry. Yeah, so what's your whole chiddush over here? What's the chiddush asks um, Rava, the son of Ula, to Ula? And if you're going to tell me, I would think that only a regular ger can marry a kayin. But over here where the parents are from Amoin, maybe I would say it's forbidden because you come from the, you come from a people. This daughter is coming from a people that have an issue marrying into the Kehillah. It doesn't apply. Where do you know that from? You would learn it out from the uh, from the prohibition of a kain gadol marrying an almana. We'll say the same way a kain gadol is not allowed to marry a widow. So too, the daughter of two amaini parents is not going to be fit to kahuna. Yeah, if you can't marry a widow, you can't marry her. Maybe I would say that. Why? Yeah, why? Because there's more restrictions on the nation of Mayav marrying in on the nation of Amin marrying in than there is on a widow. The widow can marry any member of Klaiso, but she still can't marry a Kain Gadol. So I would say, Kavachaymer to an Amaini, who has more restrictions, also should not be allowed to marry Kain Gadol. So, but we'll answer that up. We're going to say there's a whole that's very different. When it comes to a widow marrying a Kain Gadol, relations is, is um, where the Avera is starting. Okay? Meaning, if you have a Kain Gadol who marries a Amana, so the daughter, the daughter of that relationship is going to be a Chalala. Okay? Now, if you have two parents, both convert from Amain, are they forbidden to be together? No. There's no problem. They couldn't marry a regular, or the man couldn't have married a regular uh, Jewess, but he's allowed to marry this Giyaris from the same uh, from the same nation, and therefore we shouldn't say that this daughter who comes from them should not be fit to Kahuna. 
So what are you going to tell me? The Allah of a Cholol who loses their status of a Kayan from these types of relationships will prove that it doesn't make a difference whether the father is doing an Avera or not. Okay, Because sometimes you can become a Cholol even before the Avera happens. So the Gemara says, I'll tell you, Cholol is different. Because the whole creation came about through an Avera. For example, the Kohen Gadol to an Amana, as opposed to these two Amoni people, there's no prohibition. And the Kohen Gadol will disprove that Chumrah by saying that you know whoever does it, meaning whoever has relations with the widow, is uh, and whoever performs the Avera is not going to be impacted at all because he's not going, nothing's going to impact the Kaingadal himself. He just did an Avera. So each one, here's the bottom line. No matter how you look at it, you're going to be able to find the Chumrah on either end. So what do you do in a situation like this? See, here's the rule. The Chazer Adin. We end up going in circles. Nothing is perfectly alike. Okay? A chalol is not like a kain gadol marrying an amana. Velayri zekrizeh and kain gadol marrying amana is not like the case of the chalol. That's not a shav shabahem. But even though you could go in circles the whole day finding chumras for each one, but you let's look for common denominators. That's the rule. Where do we find common ground? What we call atzad hashava, a side that's equal. Show me something that's equal in halacha. She'enay beroiv kahal ubitay psula. Here's the bottom line. Both of them are not forbidden to most Jews, but their daughter is still usher to a Kayan. So we're going to say like this. Anytime you have a, a relationship where people in the relationship are not permitted to most of Klal Yisrael, that daughter is not going to be allowed to marry a Kayan. Okay? So the Gemara says, let me uproot that. Let me uproot that logic of trying to create a common denominator. What about the bottom line between them? You could say that there is a tzadavira, meaning in the other case of the 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 intercourse itself is a sin. If you have an, an amaini and an amainis having relations, is the intercourse itself a sin? No. So maybe since the intercourse itself is not a sin, we'll say that the daughter is permitted to marry a kayin. Maybe you're going to say the halacha, the, the, that the halacha that we're saying earlier applies even to a, uh, applies only to a Amaini who marries a Yisrael. Says the Gemara, what are you going to say? You're going to say, you know, you're right. You're right. If, a, if a, uh, an Amaini man marries an Amainis woman, that daughter would be permitted to marry a Kayim because the relations were permitted. Well, maybe we should change the case. Maybe, the, what about in a case where you have an Amaini man Listen closely. Who marries a Yisraelis woman? Is that allowed? No. It's not allowed. But what's going to be the status of the kid? Again, a mighty man converts. He's Jewish. He has relations in a forbidden way with a full-fledged Jewish woman, Yisraelis. Is the Bia, is the Bia in Avera? Yeah. What's the status of the daughter? Chalala, she wasn't a Kayan. A Chalala is when a Kohen loses their status. Is she Jewish? Is this kid Jewish? You better believe she's Jewish. She's got a full-fledged Jewish mom who had relations with a Jewish guy who was an Amoni. So you know what happens? You know what happens? Nothing. 
They didn't have Eira. Af al Gav, even though the Biyasoi Bavira, that the intercourse was forbidden, Bitek Shera, the daughter's kosher. In other words, the Gemara is changing, and we're saying the case is not, you know, the case where we're saying a Chiddush, that the daughter of an Amayni and a Mayanis is fit for Kahuna. No, no, no. No, that's not our case. You know what the case is? It wasn't a mighty man and an Amayanist woman. It was an Amayanist man with the Yisraelis woman. We're changing the case. And here the Chiddush is, even though the novel idea is, even though it was done by Vera, still she's fit for Kahuna because she's a Reiki, she's born Jewish. Her mother had, had relations with some, some Jewish guy she wasn't allowed to have relations with. Okay? His daughter's not a mamzer. It's not. Her mother sinned. That's it. Fine. Fire thing. Well, if, he, okay? if the Almani man was in 10th generation... How can we say okay. Jewish? Well, he, they're Jewish on first generation. First generation, let, let's clarify. Let's clarify. Hold on. First generation means to convert. Yeah. If you have somebody from the nation of Amun and Mayav that converts, then 10 generations later, they can start intermarrying with other members of Klai Yisrael. They're totally Jewish, but they can only marry non-native Jews. Okay? okay? Thank you. Same things with the Mitzri, the third generation Mitzri. They can marry each other as full-fledged Jews, but only till the third generation can they start marrying all the other families. Okay. So Omar Lay, she said back to him, Ula, right? Remember, Rav was asking his father, Ula. So Ula says back to him, in, yeah, that's Taka the case. The case Taka is not where I mean, he's agreeing. We're not dealing with a case of Amayni and an Amaynis. The case was an Amayni man with the Yisraelis. The Chiyasa Rav and Omar Yechanan, Bas Ger Amayni, Bas Mitzri Shani, Reb Rabbi Yechon Omar Ksheira, Reishlakish Omar Psula. Reishlakish Rabbi Yechon is going to say it's still kosher, like we just said. Reishlakish is going to say kosher. Reishlakish is going to say puzzle. Why? What does Reishlakish have a problem with this? Reishlakish Omar Psula, the yellow flummy Kangalabamana. He's going to say to learn it out from a Kangalo and an Almana, that the same way Kangalo and Almana, who are not allowed to be together, the daughter is not fit for Kahuna because you're going to be called a Halala. So, too, anytime you're unfit to be married, the kid's going to be unfit for Kahuna. Echanan says, you're going to be kosher. Why? Top of Amadbeis, the Tani, Rabbi Zakai, Kameda, Rabbi Echanan, because Rabbi Zakai taught in the name of Rabbi Echanan, Ki im besula me'ama v'ikachisha, a kangal is only allowed to take a virgin as a wife, me'ama from his people, lahavi giyeres mechana, to include um, a Jewish woman who is a convert from her parents, meaning the daughter herself did not convert, the parents converted, and then had this daughter. Is this daughter permitted to marry the Kain Gadol? Yes. Shehik Sheira the Kahuna. She's mutter to Kahuna. Even though, even though, right, uh, you move up one generation, okay, V'yamarlei, and Abichlin said to, uh, and Rabbi Yechonah said to him, who is that, uh, the Tanya Rabbi Zakkai? So he said to Rabbi Zakkai, Ani shayna, I learned Amav Me'amav. Instead of saying me, uh, Amav, it says Me'amav from his people, Lahavi Abisula Amamim, to include a Basula who comes uh, from two different nations, that even such a woman is going to be fit to marry the Kangadol, Va'at Amret Giyaris Mechana, Abisula, and you're going to say that only uh, a Giyaris from, from both parents can marry a kain gadol, but nobody else. Maishne amamin. What what does it mean that that he's marrying the the daughter who's a besula who comes from two people? As if the case is two converts from the same people, meaning two amaynim. Umamishne amamin. What does it mean from two nations? This charem asurim and the kevas You know why? Even though they both come from amain, they're considered two people. 
because even though they come from the same country, same heritage, same background, but we're calling them two nations because the, ma- the man cannot marry in and the woman could. So as far as their halachas of marriage, they're like two different nations completely. But if that would be the case, hainu giyaris mechana. So that would be a, a regular giyaris that's, uh, who has in her, a regular girl who has converts in her yichus, which we know is fit for kahuna. If you have a regular born Jewish woman who in her yichus, her parents, her grandpa, whatever it was, is, uh, were, were gerim, she's still allowed to marry, um, she's still allowed to marry Kain. Everybody will agree to that. Ella, Rather, we must be dealing with a case of an Amayni that married a Basisol. Not an Amaynis, Mamish, our case, incredible. And what's the halacha? She's allowed to marry a Kayin that does not stim with Reb Zakai. Over the bottom line is, what we're walking away with is, Reb Yechinon holds, such a woman is permitted to marry a Kayin. And there are those who say, Reb Yechinon said to him, Ani Shaina, I learned the price of different Amav, May Amav. It's coming to include a besula who comes from two nations and including an am, a nation that is like two nations. Am, right? Because again, part of it can marry in, part of it can't. And you're, uh, you're going to give me a case of a regular giyaris. Now again, when we're using this expression, she herself did not convert, but she has in her yichus, uh, converts and the halacha would be that she's permitted to marry a kain when she has a Amaini father and an uh, Yisraelis mother. According to this Ikeda Amri, according to the second Lashon, Bas Mitzri Sheni, the Minali, how do you know the daughter of a Mitzri Sheni that she's mutter to marry for Kahuna? Okay, now Mitzri, we know, need to wait three generations. What happens if they didn't have Eira? What happens if you have a, a second generation Mitzri who, who uh, you know, he falls in love with a regular Yisraelis and they decide to get married even though they're not allowed to and now they have a daughter. That daughter is allowed to marry into Kahuna. And if you're going to say that you know how I know that because if an Amayni can marry a Bas Yisrael, the daughter's okay. So too, by a Mitzri Sheni who marries a uh, Yisrael, the daughter should be okay. I'll tell you there's a difference, because maybe I'll say only when an Amayni marries a Bas Yisrael, the daughter's fit for Kahuna, because the nation of Amun itself has a leniency, has a weakness in its, in its prohibition, in that all the women are allowed to marry. So maybe since all the women are allowed to marry, over here, you know what, you know, we see that it's not the biggest deal, of uh, the nations of Amma, and even though the men, it's forever, so however you say it's not the biggest deal, but there, there is a leniency for the nations of Amma, and that's why the daughter can marry in. But maybe a Mitzri that applies to both men and women, maybe that daughter will not be allowed to marry Kahuna. Says the Gemara, that's only viewing one side of the coin. But on the other side of the coin, says the Gemara, Mitzri a second generation Mitzri who marries a, a second generation Mitzris is going to disprove it. You know why? Because the third generation can marry in. So listen here. You have first generation Mitzri marries a first generation Mitzris. Then you have a second generation Mitzri marries a second generation Mitzris. So far, so good. They have a daughter. 
That daughter's third generation. She can marry any kind. She's third generation who can marry in, right? She was born Jewish, no problem. So you see from over here that we have a leniency on second generation Mitzri as well. Says the Gemara, because maybe the only reason why it's allowed is because there's no forbidden intercourse. Over here, where it's second generation Mitzri and a regular Yisraelist, there is forbidden intercourse, and maybe in such a case, the daughter should not be allowed to marry a Kayan. So the Gemara says, So an Amayni marries Basol is going to disprove that, because there, there's forbidden relations, and still the daughter's going to be okay. And it goes back and forth until you find the Tzad and as we learned earlier, the Tzad is that their daughters are fit for Kahuna, even though they're prohibited to most of Klal Yisrael, so too, we're going to say a Mitzri Sheni who marries a Yisraelis, the daughter is still going to be fit for Kahuna. Okay, period. End of that explanation of the Ika Da Amri. Amr Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Yisrael says, let me just tell you something. You know, I heard Rabbi Yehuda say this drush of, of Amav Me'amav, that he was learning something out from the fact that it says from his people. I wasn't sure what he means, but now I know exactly what he means. I know exactly what he means. And what he means is that if you have a daughter from an Amaini who marries Yisraelis, she can still marry the Kahuna. Okay, so that's a little bit of a story based off of the halacha that we're walking away with. Okay. Here we go. Ki asa Rav Shmuel bar Yehuda Amar. When Rav Shmuel bar Yehuda came from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel, Tamad Bavli, Amar he said, Hachi Tana Kameh. Hachi Tana Kameh. This is what was taught in front of Rabbi Echanan. Isha Aminus Kshera. An Aminus woman, can she marry into Kla Yisrael? Yeah, right? Only an Amayni cannot marry in, a male, but a female can certainly marry in. Okay. Bina me Amayni puzzle. Challenge anybody to understand this before the Gemara explains it. <laughs> Here we go. So we're going to read through and then we're going to explain each thing, but try to, you know, halt cup anyway. A man who's an, a woman who's an Amaynis is kosher. Her son from an Amayni is Puzzle. Okay. Why? Because he's an Amayni. Remember, he can't be Yavi Bekal. Okay. But her daughter from an Amayni husband could, because she's an Amayniss. So far, we're, we're figuring this out. Good. When are these things true? When you have an Amayni and a Mayanis, they, con- they convert to Judaism. But if she has a daughter from in Mamish and Amayni, then that daughter is going to be puzzled. Amar Lei, Shabbi Echelen says, one second. Now, notice the guy's not Jewish. He says, one second. Puk Tani Lebra. Get that halacha out of here. Get that halacha out of here. Again, we're going to have a woman convert who's, you know, has an Amayni and that daughter, fine. Is, is is not is unfit. Get it out of here. Why? My When you said that an aminus is fit, aminus. We understand very well why an aminus woman is fit because the drasha. Only a man is not aminus is not fit to marry into Klai Yisrael, but a woman is okay. 
And then you said that her son from an Amaini cannot marry. Also, the Amaini, I understand why he can't marry, even though he's Jewish, because he's a male Amaini. Her daughter from an Amaini is kosher. Lemai. Kosher for what? Lemai. Doesn't mean she's fit to marry into Klal Yisrael. Of course she's fit. Remember? Her mother was fit. Her mother wasn't minus. Why should she be any worse? If her mother can marry a regular Yisrael, why can't she? Because again, minus is allowed. Beautiful. Ella, rather, you know what it means she's fit? Lekahuna. It must mean if you have a Aminus, Giyaris, Aminus, who marries an Amaini, and they have a daughter, after they convert, she can marry a Kayan. When would that hold water? When would that be true? That's if they both convert. But this that you say, the daughter from an Amaini is not going to be fit. Who's the father exactly? If you're going to talk about a, again, converts, okay, that means that she just has, she has gerus in her yichus, that's no problem, because somebody has, has a conversion in their lineage, makes that they can't marry a kayan, no, it's when they themselves convert, a gerus can't marry a kayan, but if you, if your parents are gerim, there's, and you're born Jewish, there's no problem with that. What do you mean if your yours can't convert? A gerus can't marry a kayan. A Giyarish herself convert. That's what I said. A Giyarish can't convert. I'm sorry. Uh, when uh, the woman herself who converted cannot marry a kain. Okay? But her children can. Okay? Ella, um, well, you know what it means? Amaini. This must be referring to an Amaini. Shenosa Bas Yisrael. Who married a regular Yisraelis. Married a regular Yisraelis. Okay? Um... That's when she's not fit for a, uh, for a, the daughter's not fit for Kuna. Amar lay, to which Rabbi Yechelen told him, Puk, Tani Libra, go get this halacha out of here. I don't agree with that halacha, period. End of that conversation, end of that back and forth. Okay, two dots, Gewaldik. All right. Whew, amazing. So, let's take a, let's take a uh, walk down memory lane for just a moment. And we're going to go back to our we're going to go back to our Mishnah, the Mishnah on seventy six B Mishnah Ayin Vav that we learned yesterday told us on the third line of the Mishnah, okay, right before it gets wide, Mitzri ve'edaimi. If you have someone who converts from the nation of the Mitzrim or Edaim. They are only forbidden until three generations. Okay? It applies to both men and females, while Rabbi Shimon disagrees. Rabbi Shimon says females actually are going to be allowed right away, the same way Amaini and Mayavi women are allowed right away. He made a Kalvachaymer. Okay? To which they responded back to Rabbi Shimon, that we're only going to listen to you if you heard this from your Rabbeim. But if you made it up by yourself, this Kalvachimer, we've got many ways that we can refute your Kalvachimer. That was the Mishnah. Again, 
The Tanakama held until the third generation Mitzri, men and women forbidden to marry into Klai Yisrael. They can only marry amongst themselves. Okay. Or they can't marry a Kal Hashem. That for sure. Fine. Rabbi Shimon says, no, women could marry. Because if I'm an envoy of that, the men are always forbidden until 10 generations. Uh, the women are allowed right away. How much more so the Egyptians? The women should be allowed right away. And they told Rabbi Shimon, okay, if you got that Kav from somewhere, we'll listen to you. But otherwise, we're not listening to you. We have a problem with the Kav Here we go into our Gemara. My Teshuvah. What is their problem with Rabbi Shimon's Kav Here we go. Because you could say, Arayas Yechiach. Arias will disprove the Kabbachimer. Shalai Asar, Bahen, Ella Achlesha Deris Kazatera forbids Arias until the third generation. Mamish incredible. Mamish incredible. Taking us uh, well well into uh, Yavamas. Now we've learned that uh, a, a man's Asar to his daughter, to his granddaughter, right? Um, but it doesn't mention anywhere about great granddaughters. Doesn't say anything. So until the third generation. And it applies to both Zecharim and Nekevis. Okay, so you find where even though it's three generations, so it's less than Amun and Mayav, it applies to men and women. So Rabbi Shimon, just because something's more lenient than, than uh, Amun and Mayav, doesn't necessarily mean that it applies to men only. Says the Gemara, one second, Rabbi Shimon will respond, Mal Arayis, by regular transgressions, by regular Arayis in the Torah, Shekane Karis, is a Chi of Karis. If you marry uh, an Egyptian, if a, if a Yisraelis woman marries an Egyptian convert, the second generation, is there a Chi of Karis? No. It's more lenient. It's a lav. You transgress, there's no Karis. So maybe the reason why it's men and women are forbidden by the, until third generation of Arayis is because of the severity of Karis. But maybe by two generation Mitzri, it's not going to be forbidden, and hence Rabbi Shimon Taka has a good will disprove that because by a mamzer there's no chi of kares and both male and female mamzerais right a man cannot marry a mamzer a female cannot marry a uh, a male cannot marry mamzeris and a female cannot marry a mamzer even though there was no there, there's no kares over there it applies to both men and women Says the Gemara, Mala Mamzers can enter a love Mamzers never, you know, uh, never fit to come into Klai Yisrael. We're going to have to do something to, you know, Mamzers never allowed to marry, as opposed to or marry in. Uh, you can marry Mamzeres, but then those kids keep the status and they can never marry in. But a third, but a Mitzri can marry in by the third generation. So Mamzer is more strict than a Mitzri. So here we go, classic Gemara. Right, we're playing ping pong now. We're going to go play tennis, go back and forth between all these halachas and show. Show uh, stringencies and leniencies. So the pro, uh, prohibited relations are going to disprove that because uh, forbidden relations do end by third generation, and still we say it applies to both men and women. So Mamzer has its way to look at it. Uh, Arias has his way to look at it. Uh, second generation Mitzri has its way to look at it. Each one's got its own stringency and leniency. So Vachazar Adin. The din goes back and forth. It goes in circles. Yeah, it goes, goes round, round and round. They're, none of them are exactly alike. So we look for the common denominators. Common denominators are She Asurim. We know that there's certainly forbidden marriages. Okay? Certainly forbidden marriages. Arayas, Mamzer, Mitzri. Okay. That's, we're all going to agree there's a common denominator over there. And including the common denominator is that by Arias, Mamzerim, and Mitzrim, it applies to men and women. It applies to both male and female. 
Afani of Mitzri or Mitzris, so too I'm going to include a Mitzri and a Mitzrashi, Asurim, Echad Zacharim, Echad Nekebais. And therefore, since you find all these common denominators, you're going to say that says the Rabbanon to Rabbi Shimon, it does apply to the Mitzrim as well. Even the women are going to be forbidden. Says the Gemara, Malar Tzad Hashabah Shabahem, Shkin Yishbehem Tzad Kares. By Arias and Mamzer, there's, uh, there's Kares. Um, and uh, by Mitzri, there's not. Says the Gemara of Rabbanon, Mechalol Duchayve Yaseh. They uh, they say, listen, you know this that it's forbidden to marry a mitzris. You could learn out from a cholol, which is only which is even going which a cholol's usher to marry through the transgression of an asay. Ucharebi Alazar ben Yaakov, following the opinion of Rabbi Alazar ben Yaakov. The opinion of Rabbi Alazar ben Yaakov is that if you have a kain gadol who marries a baula who has relations with a woman who he wasn't allowed to uh, be with, and they have a child. That child, even though it's only coming through the transgression of an assay, is going to be forbidden to uh, marry into Kahuna. Okay? Fine. Says the Gemara. Now that we know what the Machlaikas is, again, what's the Machlaikas? The sages in our Mishnah say, when it comes to the third generation, until the third generation of Egyptians, it applies to both men and women. Rabbi Shimon argued. Rabbi Shimon says, nope, only to men. Women, until the third generation Egyptian, is fine. Umay loy ki. Reb Shimon responded to their rebuttal and says, no, ki, because. Like ki, no, because. That's what he responded, right? <laughs> look back at the mission. I am above on the base. What did he say? Shimon says, and if you look at the last words of the Mishnah, Omar lahem loy ki. That was his answer, loy ki, yeah? What do you mean, loy ki? Not so. Halachani Yomer. I'm saying from my rabbi. That was his response. Says Gemara, my likey. What do you mean likey? What's that expression? Says Gemara, Haki Gamarlu. This is what he was saying to them. I don't agree with the Yaakov. I don't agree with that. I hold the kids not a chol. You know, there's no chol if there's an assay. But according to you. That you want to upslug my Kabachimer, I want to tell you something. My Kabachimer, I got from my Rebbeim, don't mess with me. Time of Lunter, Bryce, Armelan, Rabbi Shimon, Shimon said, Allah Hani Yamer, Void Mikra Masayani. Not only am I saying something through tradition, I took him backing me up because it says, Bonim Veloy Bonois, sons that are born to these Gerim are going to be forbidden, Veloy Bonois, and the Joshes, Veloy Bonois, women are going to be allowed. Tanra Bar the Rabbis learn, so should we. Bonim Veloy Bonois. Banim are forbidden, right? Third generation, till third generation. The girls are allowed. David Rabbi Shimon, this opinion of Rabbi Shimon, consistent with his own reasoning. Um, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, but it says, the Torah makes it dependent on birth, not dependent on male and female. If not for Rabbi Huda responding like that to, to uh, Rabbi Shimon and saying that it applies to both men and, men and women, Yehuda himself would not have been able to, you know, to uh, keep himself in the yeshiva because there were so many issues, you know, so many people questioning him with Reb Shimon's approach. If he wouldn't have had this drasha of Bonim Asher Yivoldu backing him up, so then 
so then uh, he would have been knocked off of this. Kivan Damar Mar, because he taught us, Rebuta taught us, Kahal Gerim Ikri Kahal. He's the one who actually holds that the Kahal of Gerim, the congregation of converts, are called the regular part of the congregation. Now, the, when we say the, the Mitri cannot come into the Kahal, the Mayav is not coming into the Kahal, he says everybody's included in the Kahal. Mitri Shani be Mayitor. So how, would a, how could a second generation ever be, um, uh, ever create Tahara? How, however, how will he ever become Torah enough to not keep the, uh, the uh, Tumah, uh, we'll call it, of the Mitzrim going? Says the Gemara, Doma di Avar Maybe it's talking about only if a Mitzri transgressed and married in, then the third generation is allowed. Says the Gemara, no. Di like Sivkra. It doesn't say if he marries. He's allowed to marry. Hare Mamzer di the But by Mamzer, it says the word if. And still the Torah writes about it. Says the Gemara, di li sura kasav, di la tera like kasav. Sometimes we'll use the word if for isura, not for et Let's just wrap this up over here. Hare Machzer Grushosoi, di la tera ube kasve. But Machzer Grushosoi, it says, if he takes her back, and the Torah still writes if. The Torah is only talking about the basic transgression of being taking back somebody who you divorced, who married somebody else in the meantime. So we wanted to speak about that halacha itself. But as far as the, the Mitzram, however, that we're adding an entire idea over here. It must be teaching me the child is permitted. And uh, in in any case, and we're not only dealing with uh, we're not only dealing with a case of if, meaning if they transgress, then it's allowed. No, there certainly we're saying it's a hundred percent lechatchila should have been like this. We're up to Tana Rabbanon, the sixth line from the top of the Amud, and we will hold it here for today. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. I need to get back to something, right? What do I need to get back to? Dubnomagid. Dubnomagid. Okay, so whoever wants to log off from Mincha, please feel free to do so. It's a fascinating. How much time? Okay, we have a few minutes while everybody makes their way over. So, um, it's a long, it's a long, long story. I'm gonna try to wrap it up in the couple minutes we have. Here's how it goes. The story goes like this: The Dubna Magid once got stuck somewhere for Shabbos. He comes to a town, and he sees signs of that the Dubna Magid is speaking in Shul. Okay. He wants to know how they know that if he himself didn't know that. He got stuck in a snowstorm. Fine. He doesn't say anything. Nobody knows who he is. There's no Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Nobody knows who he is. Okay. Shabbos morning, some guy with a big white beard stands up in shul and he starts giving a drasha. He's an imposter. He's going around towns as if he's the Dubna Magid. And the guy gets up, he starts speaking. And the Dubna Magid is sitting in back. And this guy is saying over all his Torah. And he's loving it. He's thinking to himself, this is amazing. There's another Yid who heard me speak. And now he's spreading my Torah. What's chosim I have without me even needing to be the one to speak? Right? He doesn't bother him one bit. Fine. Except a half hour into the drasha, the guy starts spewing things that the Dubna Magad felt were Shekhar. He didn't stand behind it. He started saying some of his own Torah. So Dubna Magid now had a problem. This guy claims he's Dubna Magid, but people are saying, oh, they're accepting it, like it's coming from a big tzaddik. And he knows it's not true. So he had to say something. So he stood up, and he said, I'm making a macho, I'm protesting, this guy is not the Dubna Magid, I am the real Dubna Magid. And the place is on wheels. They don't know what to do, this, that, Gansa Meiser, who to believe, what? Then nobody knows what to do. Okay, bottom line, the Rav decides, the Rav of this shul, of the town, 
decides that the Dubna Magad is known to make parables, known for his parables. So he's going to make a contest, a parable-making contest. He looks at the two of them, and he says, he says, I'm going to open up a, a chumash, I'm going to open up a sitter, point to a random place in each one, and whatever my fingers land on, I need you to make a parable connecting the place in the sitter to the place in the chumash. Okay, fine. He cracks open a chumash, and he comes out to the pasuk of that Klai Yisrael is not allowed to marry the nation of Avin and Mayav. Why? Because they didn't bring, um, because they didn't bring uh, bread and water to Klai Yisrael in the Midbar, and also for hiring Bilam ben Ba'ar to curse us out. Right? They hired Bilam. Okay, that's the pasuk he pointed out. Fine. Then he opens up a sitter and it comes out to Slichus. And Slichus it says, Misha Ona la Avram Avinu Bahara Maria, Hu Yanenu. Hashem will answer Avram Avinu and Maria, Hu Yanenu, he should answer us. Okay, fine. He says, I'm challenging you to a uh, mushroom making competition. Fine. So the Dubna Magid says to the imposter, he says, You can go first. So the imposter says, Listen, I'm the real Dubna Magid. I don't just come up with my parables. You know, uh, it takes time. It takes, uh, this is not a game. We don't do these things. Yeah. So Dubna, the real Dubna Magad says, Beseder. All right. Fine. I hear. I, I'll come. I'll do. Fine. See, he starts a marshal. There was a guy learning in yeshiva. A wealthy father-in-law comes along and he's looking for the best guy. And um, he's looking for the best guy and he, they choose this one guy. He goes, he, they get married. married uh, he, they go out with the daughter and... Um, that ends up being an unhappy marriage. The father-in-law is unhappy. That his daughter is unhappy because the daughter doesn't want him learning so much. She comes from a place of wealth. She wants to shop in malls the whole day. This guy wants to sit and learn Torah. This guy run, runs back to his yeshiva and uh, his yeshiva says, you stay here. The father-in-law wants to disown him. He says, I can't, you know, he hires detectives to find out where the guy is. He finds out he's still in yeshiva. He goes running to the yeshiva and they end up getting divorced. The guy ends up getting remarried. The Dubnamaga is making this all up on the spot. I'm, I'm making this fast. It's fascinating. Uh, they end up getting divorced. He remarries, becomes a rough in a town. He has a child. And at the bris of the child, the, the city uh, says they, they guarantee this child should, uh, th- this child should, is going to be the next Rav when his father passes away. That's how much they love the father. We know your, your, your family is going to be, uh, you know, we know even your son's going to be our Rav. That's, a, that's the marshal that he gives. Now, in the middle of this marshal, it's a 20-minute story, I'm not, believe, without exaggeration. In the middle of this marshal, the, the Dubna Magad keeps stopping and asking questions. One of the questions he asked was like this. On the way to the original wealthy man's wedding, Original wedding. So the wealthy guy went to the tailor to buy, went to the fabric dealer to buy clothing for his daughter's chasna. And he sends his butler, the butler walks in and he hands the fabric dealer a thousand rubles. And the fabric dealer says, for what? He says, oh, my my, uh, master's making a wedding. So the fabric dealer says like this. He says, listen, oh, he's a good customer. Here's a thousand ruble worth of fabric plus 200 ruble as a wedding gift for the daughter. Okay, Beseder. Beautiful. Now, while this is going on, says the Dubna Magad. Again, this is by the original marriage. I skipped parts on purpose because I want to get the. But the, the guy next door to the fabric dealer sees something crazy. He didn't hear the conversation. He sees a butler walk in, give a thousand ruble. He gets back a thousand ruble in return plus 200, plus 200 ruble. He's like, oh, this guy's giving away free money. This is incredible, right? 
This guy's a Meshuggah. Why is the fabric dealer giving away extra stuff? He, so he goes in. He says, I want to buy a thousand rubles worth of fabric. The guy gives a thousand rubles worth of fabric. And he's standing there. He's like, no. He said, no what? He's giving me another 200. Give me 200. Why should you give me 200? He gave that guy 200. Right? He says, Shkoyach, that guy's a good customer. Who are you? Says the Dabin Magid on the Pasuk in the, in the, in Slichus. Me, Shon of Ramavino Bar Maria, who Yanenu, we say that God is Baruchu and Slichus. Hashem, you answer Abravino, who you answer us too. You know what Akash Baruch is going to say? Who are you? Tell me, get out of here. Avramavino is an Evan Nama. Avramavino is a good customer. Right? I'm saying, Hashem, answer me like Avramavino? <laughs> what type of chutz was that? Why, why are you giving me something extra? I got the cash. Yeah? So that was his question. Fine. Then, within the parable, what happened was, remember, the father-in-law said, you know, he wasn't happy with the shidduchs, he wanted, eh. so he says, uh, he, he stopped supporting the couple, and then the guy runs away, and he hires detectives to find them. So, Dublin uh, so, Magad asks a question, he says, listen, in the Torah it says, that you know why you're not allowed to marry Amun and Mayav, Aldavar, because they didn't bring you bread and water, and because they hired Bilam and Ba'ar, why you bread and water? Bilam and Ba'ar came to kill you. Isn't that the main thing? Right? The way he builds it into the mushal is he says on the way to the wedding, the kala was in the wagon and she flipped out with all the food for the chasna, with the caterer and everything. And, the, and the, the person who went to send the message said, don't worry, the food's coming. To which the father said, I don't care about the food, I need a kala. Right? So the Dubna market says, you know, I don't need, why are you telling me about the food and water? They hired Bilam to kill us. Smach nishtois, what's the matter? See, he, he answered the parable by saying, you know, when the father came and hired a detective, for the, he came to Rashiva. He says, oh, I hired a detective. I found the, the, the husband here back in Yeshiva. The, the Rashiva says to him, no, why didn't you keep supporting the, the couple? And the father says, I didn't have enough money. He says, oh, be had enough money to hire a detective? Yeah? <laughs> You're a steer in obey. You're contradicting your own words. Says the Magid like this. Amun and have said, we're not bringing bread and water. We didn't have any money. How are we going to support? How, how are we going to feed three million people? Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But you had enough money to hire Bilam at his price? That he keep raising his price? You had enough money for that? But you didn't have enough money to have a, bring a cup of water to a yin in the Midbar? Kind of Mishigas is this? It's not true. You're fooling yourself. You're not fooling anybody else. So those are his kashas. To which he gives an answer. We're running late from Mincha. So, uh, to which he gives an answer. And he says, you know, by the, by the um, um, bris of the child from the second marriage, the community promised that even the child's going to become a rav because they have such a chashva father. He says, that's the answer to slichas. By slichas, we say, Hashem answered us, Amravina Bar Maria. We're not saying in our own schos. We're saying because, know where we come from. We're being makir, our DNA. We're recognizing our own DNA. So we're saying, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we so badly want to be tapped into Avram Avinu. He's our tata, he's our father, he's, our, he's from our avos. In that zechus, we should be like this baby. We should be like this child. So, answer us, not our own zechusim. We're not saying Hashem, answer me because Tendler deserves to be answered. Answer me because Avram Avinu's zechusim still exist in us. So that's how he answers the Pasuk by, by, uh, by Amon and Mayav. Why, why, why it talks about Bilam? Because Bilam 
was the reason why they have no claim for not bringing it to us. And also why we say Misha Anna, even though we ourselves are unworthy, but Taka, he says, we're tapping into that. Okay, fine. Zayga uh, Bench, uh, we will uh, pick up from here tomorrow, Misha, same time, hopefully from Yerushalayim. Akit everyone.